1: I'm Jeff from Mother's Brewing Company in Springfield, Missouri, and this is my mother. Now, Jeffrey, you know how much it meant to me that you named your brewery after me, don't you? I do, Mom. I mean, it wasn't entirely... And you know I love you more than anything in the world, right? Yes, I do. But, you know, I don't actually like beer. In any way. At all.
2: I am aware of the
1: irony of that, yes. Oh, that's such a relief. Because I do like being on the radio. (laughs) See? See? That's something. You and me, together, talking about, oh, you know, whatever. (laughs) Well, theoretically, we should be talking about the beer. Well, you will have to help me with the beer part. I really have no idea why people drink that stuff. Got you covered, Mom. Just do your thing. Oh, you're such a good boy. Make it a Mother's
0: Weekend with our easy-drinking lake break. Perfect for the lake, or just for a break. Hey, Mom. Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast. I'm Dave Young alongside Stephen Semple. And Stephen, when you told me today that we were going to talk about the company that we're going to talk about, it hearkened me back to days when I considered myself a bit of a handyman. I still feel like I can do some things, but we're talking power tools today. I believe you're not much of a man if you won't assemble your own flat pack furniture.
2: So you're Allen Key man now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
0: Traded in my Black & Decker for an Allen Key. <laughs> but Black & Decker is what we're going to talk about today. It's an interesting story because it was founded
2: back in 1914 by Duncan Black and Alfonso Decker in Baltimore. Well, that's all we need to know, I guess. That's all we need to know. And today they are the largest manufacturer of power tools in America. Um, and okay. here's the cool thing. They even have a drill on the moon. There's a Black & Decker drill on the moon. You know, the astronauts taking it for doing the core samples, Black & Decker was the manufacturer of that. And of course, they left it behind.
0: Are they still making things in the US? You know what, I didn't look into
2: where their manufacturing is. In 2010, Black & Decker merged with Stanley Tools. Today, they're part of that Fortune 500 company estimated to be worth, you know, $30 billion. They're a big deal. But going back to the beginning, when it was just Duncan Black and Alfonso Decker, they met in Baltimore in 1910 while working for the Roland Telegraph Company. So they were both employed there and they became friends. But the thing that's interesting is they both had very, very different upbringing. Alfonso came from a very poor family. He had to drop out of school to take care of his family, but he was always a tinkerer. And he made lots of inventions to get out of chores. You'd love this one, Dave. He didn't want to get up early to feed the horses, so he rigged up this thing that when the alarm rang, so he'd set up a clock, and when the alarm rang, it would open up a feeder to feed the horses. So he didn't have to. He didn't have to get up to feed I the like horses. I like this
0: guy already.
2: <laughs> Duncan Black came from a much more comfortable home. He actually didn't have to work. But they met and they became friends. And in 1914, while at the telephone company, Decker suggested, "Hey, he's opening his own company, and he wanted Black to come with him." So they decide to open their own business and do their own designs. But they don't have any money. So Duncan Black sells his car to Alfonso's father-in-law for $600. And Alonso mortgages his house for $600. So between them, they've got $1,200 to set up this machine shop.
0: Okay, so it's a machine shop that they're opening.
2: That's where they start. And they focus on manufacturing existing designs. And they got some jobs to manufacture candy mixers, and pocket makers, and things along that line. But business is slow. And they decide to take a look at the power drill. Now the electric power drill was invented in Germany in 1895. So basically 15 or 20 years before this time. And they think they can improve it. The drill's hard to use. Think about it, it weighs 18 pounds. Yeah. And it's not much more powerful than a hand crank. And basically you take two hands, and you press it against your chest, and you have to take one hand completely off the thing to find the off switch. So it's actually really dangerous. (laughs) So the first thing they wanna do is figure out how can you turn it on and off without having to take your hand off of the device.
0: Yeah, you need a guy who knows how to rig up an automatic horse feeder.
2: That's exactly what you need. And at this time, they're doing other work to make ends meet, And they took a job doing work on the Colt 45 pistol. They do some improvements on the pistol. But that's when the idea hit them, a drill with a trigger.
0: A drill with a trigger. Gosh, what an American story. Um.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Goes from a gun to a drill. Drill with a trigger. Now, it took several months for them to figure this out and get the trigger working. And the original drill was quite expensive. It was like $250. Think like $5,000 today. Yeah. Also, 70% of Americans do not have electricity at this time. Think about it. This is like nineteen, <laughs> early 1900s, right? So, really, what was the market? But then along comes 1917 and World War I. And there's an urgent need for manufacturing. So, there was this explosion in exports. During this time, United States exports increased
0: 300%. Yeah. Well, and when you're manufacturing things, you need to get holes in things so you can put bolts and screws in to put them together.
2: And when your manufacturing increases 300%, you need to figure out how to do it fast. So power tools enter the manufacturing process. Nice. And the drills are snapped up by factories. And frankly, there's very little competition at this point. So it's a Mm -hmm. huge success. They're doing a million dollars in sales. And there's lots of new tools, grinders electric screwdrivers, smaller, less expensive drills. And demand continues after the war in home construction because then it suddenly sure. makes it starts making its way into home construction. Then along comes 1929 and the stock market crash. Yeah. Home construction manufacturing grinds to a halt and they have to lay off most of their staff, including Decker's son. Oh, wow. Now, four years later, Alfonso Decker Jr. is rehired as a janitor, starts at the bottom. They bring him back as a janitor. Now, along comes World War II. There's a refocus on manufacturing. The world needs power tools. Men are overseas. Women are in the factory. Demand for drills increase. At this point, Al Jr. has worked his way back up to the executive level, and he notices something unusual. And this is the game changer, what he notices. This is the thing that changes everything for Black & Decker.
0: Stay tuned, we're gonna wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this.
1: Two words, lead flow. If you wanna grow your business, lead flow is, well, not everything, but it sure can feel that way. You feel the need? The need for leads. And then there's the gnawing questions that plague you whenever you try to boost lead flow. Are you targeting the right customer? Are you saying the right things? Are you advertising in the right places? Are you spending too much or too little? And the ever-present, how can I best use social media? What if you could get those questions answered definitively in 90 minutes? You'd no longer feel the need for leads because now you'd know how to get them. That's what Empire Builders is offering you right now for free and with a guarantee to boot. Go to empirebuildersprogram.com, book a 90-minute Zoom meeting with the empire building expert and boom, questions answered problems solved we'll give you the real answers guaranteed guaranteed yes our famous no pitching and no bitching guarantee first we won't pitch you at all seriously
2: if you want to work with us beyond our meeting you'll have to explicitly ask about moving forward And the bitching part
1: if you're not satisfied with the answers say the word and i'll pay you Hold hard cash for your wasted time, no hard feelings. Now that's a guarantee.
2: Look, Empire Builders take action. If lead flow is an issue for you, take action on it.
1: Book your Zoom meeting at empirebuildersprogram.com.
0: Let's pick up our story where we left off and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. Factories are reordering tools at a much faster rate
2: than they would have anticipated. And Al Jr. wonders, is there a problem? Are these things breaking down? So he calls the factory and what do you guess is happening, Dave?
0: They're ordering a drill for each size bit.
2: No, but that would be interesting. No, what was happening is the workers were taking the tools home
0: because they wanted to
2: take them home and do stuff around the home. People want to drill around the house. And he realized This is the next wave. The next wave will be the common man. And what we need to do is make one that is cheaper and lighter. Mm. Now, Mm -hmm. this is really important. So many companies would have said, they're not breaking down, you're ordering more, who cares? So many companies would have went, oh, they're taking it home, who cares? But look, so many businesses went out of business when the war ended, because all of a sudden, what they were manufacturing for was no longer needed. And what he recognized, he said, hold on a second. When all these guys come back from the war, they're going to want drills at home. Let's start right now making a drill for the home market. Because they now had a path to the consumer. So they released the first household tool and they make 80,000 of these drills and it sells out. It just goes gangbusters. And look, they continue to do really innovative things. Like in 1961... Is when they actually created the first cordless drill. I had no idea it was back in 1961 that there was the first cordless, cordless drill. Cordless drill in
0: 1961. 1961, yeah. I can't imagine the battery.
2: Yeah, crazy, right? Late 1960s, a drill goes up to the moon. And today, you know, they're the best selling power tool in America. And it really comes from two innovations. One, that first innovation of looking at a gun and going, the trigger. That's yeah. the solution for the drill. If we could put a trigger in a drill, would this really work? But then the next one that really made them big was this noticing this problem and going, okay, people are taking the drill home. And what we're doing right now will not last forever. This is the next innovation. Let's do that. Let's do that. I think that's amazing observations, you know, the mm-hmm. amazing looking outside of their business and seeing other
0: things. It teaches you that you really need to talk to your customers probably way more than any business owner is doing, right? Even if your customers are other businesses and you don't control what they're doing, you know, at the end of the day with whatever it is you're selling to them, you're gonna learn something that you can probably pivot on and make more money on.
2: But also think about how well run their business was because when they were selling somebody a drill, they kind of knew how long that drill was going to last. And they actually noticed, wait a minute, it's not lasting that long. And they could have left it at that and instead asked themselves the question, "Jesus, is there a problem with our drill?
0: Yeah. Well, again, that's the only reason they talked to the customer because they thought there was a problem with the drill. Yeah. But don't wait for there to be a problem with your product to go talk to your customer. But my final observation is that we have these guys to thank for that old marketing saw that piece of wisdom of, you know, nobody, nobody wants a drill, they want a hole. And I think we've <laughs> even talked on another episode where they don't want a hole, they want a picture hanging on the wall. Or, <laughs> And Dave,
2: I'd even go one step further. It's not that they want a hole. And it's not that they want a picture hanging on the wall. They want a happy household.
0: Exactly.
2: And since we're actually recording this in July, although it'll air much later, since we're actually recording this in July, what they actually want is the deck that they can stand out on with beers with their buddy and admire their handiwork.
0: (laughs) Exactly right.
2: You can't do that with an key, (laughs) Dave.
0: They need that Black & Decker drill so that they can get the admiration of their friends.
2: That's it, exactly. I thought it was a really interesting and really fun story.
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you, Stephen, for sharing that one. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at com.